right now on VFN TV, Stephen Mansfield, author of the book, Ask the Question, says we need to get clarity, get religious clarities from our candidates, even our presidential candidates. And does that violate the Article 6 in the Constitution? He says it doesn't. And we're going to continue on how does your vote affect the moral issues of the nation and our faith for the nations right now on VFN TV. Welcome to VFN TV and the daily VFN radio program where we're keeping the conversation light. That's L-I-G-H-T, light. Here's what the Holy Spirit said. He said, I have many ministers and they are speaking on my behalf. But he said, what's missing is the urgency of your voice. These mega churches are really cognizant not to offend people. And they're really careful when they get up and preach to people that everybody leaves out there feeling really good. Preachers refuse to preach on the coming of Jesus Christ. Where's the urgency? I have never seen America in the place where we are right now. If you think that all the persecution is going to remain in Iraq against the Christians. You better think again. It's already coming into this country right now. If we don't tell people what they need to hear, God's going to hold us accountable and their blood will be on our hands. Whenever we preach, we've got to preach with an urgency in our voice that we need to be right with God if anything should happen to us. There's things right now in motion that may change our nation almost overnight. And for me to stand here and act like everything's all right, I can't do that. The politicians in Washington may can do that and lead you to believe that everything's going to be okay. But in the house of God, there's got to arise a siren that says, blast, 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 attention, attention, attention. Things are changing and they're changing quickly. We've got to have preachers in the pulpit that will say, watch out, warning, warning, red light, warning. People know something's going on in the Middle East. They know something's going on in Iraq, in Iran, in Damascus. They know about Iran. And people that's not even scripturally literate are trying to answer these things, and they're missing in a million miles. And God's saying to the preachers, get up and tell them. It's time to talk about what God's doing. People are seeking the Lord. People are seeking Christ. And if they don't find him in the church, where are they going to find him? Got an invitation to come back and the Lord laid on my heart. And that's when Mr. Tuart asked me about, did you have a dream? And I did. That's when he told me about the coming storm. And as I'm about to go into prayer, I just want to say the Lord laid on my heart. I said, I'm not going to share it unless somebody asked me to come. And where's Sud? Commissioner Barry asked me to come, and I said, this is it, I was going to share it. That there's another level about to happen. Riots are coming. Riots in the streets are coming. And if we're not careful, uh, shortly after the next election, the anger will mount so much that we'll end up having martial law declared. Loss of life is taking place. If we stay on this road, it's not going to be pretty. It's not, I mean, it's not going to be just us morphing into some socialist you know, uh, type of uh, country, it's going to be, I think, worse than what was experienced in Nazi Germany. 
and dialogue, trying to understand, because I believe what happened there was a dress rehearsal for what the devil's trying to do in the whole world. I think the way the world is going, the way the U.S. is going, I think there's going to come a time, and it's probably going to be sooner than later, when what I do in a public forum is going to be labeled as a hate crime. Some disturbing news from Russia. President Vladimir Putin signed a law outlawing evangelism and cracking down on house churches. The laws forbid evangelism outside of churches and other religious sites. That means people can't even share their faith in their homes or even on the internet. Well, you don't think God could put a tyrant over America? You don't think God could put a tyrant that oppresses the church? What have we been doing? What have we been doing as a church? Our power doesn't come from some self-declared savior promising that he alone can restore order as long as we do things his way. We don't look to be ruled. God is just. You think this last seven years has been tough? This eight years have been tough? That's just Jehoiakim. Zedekiah is right on the, on the precipice of coming to pass in this nation. We're not going to make it through the times that are coming without being his disciples and more without growing up into our purpose. And that so happens that communism is a system that I disagree with philosophically. I would not prefer to live under a communist system. Uh, I happen to feel that the great moments of history have been those moments when individuals have been left free to think and, uh, and to act. Welcome to VFN TV. I'm Greg Lancaster, and joining me just a moment is Steve Kalaszewski. Well, this particular author you're about to hear, Stephen Mansfield, he says, you know, we need to be able to begin to just talk to our candidates that are running for office and ask them a simple question. What is your faith? What do you believe? Because truly, no matter what people say, that's kind of where their policies go. That's where their laws go. That's where their agenda goes. And for some reason, people are saying it's a violation of Article 6 of the Constitution. It's not a test. It's just asking a question. As a matter of fact, let's go there now. In just days, Americans will head to the polls to answer a big question. Who should lead the nation for the next four years? Author and sought-after Christian speaker Stephen Mansfield says asking tough questions about the candidate's faith should be a natural part of the decision. Why should Americans demand religious clarity from presidential candidates? Well, because it's part of who they are. We want to know everything about them. We want to know their policies. We want to know their history. We want to know their education. Uh, we want to know if they've ever been a member of the Klan, if they've ever been a member of a club that didn't allow women or didn't allow blacks or Hispanics or Asians. Uh, we want to know anything about them, good, bad, or ugly. Uh, it's part of exercising the sacred duty of voting. And so we certainly want to know any kind of faith they might be sincere about that's going to shape what they do in office. The New York Times bestselling author lays out his case in his latest book, Ask the Question, Why We Must Demand Religious Clarity from Our Presidential Candidates. You write that uh, Americans really can't afford not to find out. 
Exactly. But that's what we do with the candidates and religion. God bless America. I'm faith-based. And my politics grow out of my faith. Well, what is that faith? We never ask that question. Then they get in office and there can be a decided influence of their faith. There can even be reversals of faith and so on. Uh, we need to know all of those possibilities before they get in office. Because with some presidents, their faith has been the most defining thing about their administration, or at least about certain major decisions that they've made. And we had no idea that those changes and those shifts were possibilities. When President Obama was elected in 2008, he was opposed to gay marriage, but his opinion on the matter evolved. And today he's the most high profile LGBTQ advocate in the world. This is a man who ran for office uh, opposed to same-sex marriage, then changed his views in office, he said, based on his reading of the Sermon on the Mount. So I think uh, even, even secular Americans, even, even atheistic Americans are suspicious, cautious, want to know more, aren't just ignoring a person's faith, but really are saying, now, wait a minute, don't just tell me you're a social gospel method, Secretary Clinton, tell me exactly what that means. Hillary Clinton has also evolved over the years she's been in public service. Her husband is the one who signed the Offensive Marriage Act into law. She defended it with scripture at the time and then reversed herself. She's reversed herself on same-sex marriage and she's even said that uh, women get abortions based on their religious views. Okay, fair enough if that's her religion, but show us that you're consistent, explain what it means, explain where it comes from, explain what it'll mean for you in office. And so I do think that Americans are perhaps not, as, not, not more cynical but more cautious uh, because there may have been people on, on the left who were who voted for Barack Obama because he was left-leaning in his politics, but but also uh, opposed to same-sex marriage, and then he switched on the very faith that they thought they understood. So now they're going to ask more questions. How would Donald Trump's faith affect his leadership? That remains to be seen, but he has promised to nominate conservative pro-life justices to the Supreme Court. Very soon, either Trump or Clinton will become the new leader of the free world. Jennifer Wishon, CBN News, Washington. It's amazing how as Christians and members of the church, people become so paranoid about asking anything about God, but yet our candidates run on, you know, God bless America. Every speech ends up with God bless America. But it's important to understand if you're in India and you say God bless America, they could be speaking of 1,000 gods in their own heart. They have all these different uh, Hindu religion, you know, everything is a god. And, uh, or, you know, a Hindu god, or a Buddha, or Allah, or, you know, or God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's important to understand, you know, the difference in that and begin to ask questions, you know. And this is one, one question I asked in a particular candidate's forum that we were there, and people were asking different kinds of issues, but I was really concerned about you know, the beginning of our conversation is, who is God, who is Jesus to you? That's the question I, it's a beautiful question. Just ask them the question, who is Jesus to you? And just let it go and let them respond to it. And it was, it was the, the most honest person that was answering there because everybody was trying to maneuver, maneuver and be politically correct. The one who said she was an atheist or agnostic, you know, but I plan on doing a good job. And everybody else is saying like, he's a teacher, you know, I think he's a good person. They tried all these religious responses, but the thing is, is like, it matters. Even Jesus said, who do you say that I am? It doesn't mean you're going to vote for him or not going to vote for him, but at least they owe you uh, the truth about themselves. And they say it's a violation of Article 6 of the U.S. Constitution. Let's look at Article 6 of the U.S. Constitution. It says, there's no religious tests, no religious tests shall ever be required as a qualification to any Office of Public Trust under the United States. Well, that doesn't mean 
you're testing them. You're just trying to find out what's your name, what's your last name, how old are you, what's your vision, what's your values. Uh, they mentioned that they're a person of faith. Well, what is your, who is your faith in? What does that mean to you? And, uh, and me, I would add, you know, who is Jesus to you? If you were going to ask the question, who is Jesus to you, to a Muslim, they would say Jesus is a prophet. You know, they'd say Jesus can heal people. He healed people. But you ask the question, is he the son of God? They would say, no, he's not a son of God. And if they were thoroughly understood the Quran, they would go, he's even going to have to come back and repent for calling himself the son of God. So that's a different religion than Christianity because Jesus is the son of God. So it's important to really understand that. At least you know who you're supporting uh, for that particular office. It's not a religious test. It's just finding out who they are. As a matter of fact, when we get back from this break, we're going to go right to faith for the nations. And how does your vow, how does your vote affect the moral issues of our society? Make sure you join us after the break. This is VFN TV, where we're keeping the conversation light. Follow us online at VFNTV.com. We'll be right back. You know, a lot of people want to abide with the Lord, but they just don't have a plan to do it. You can request that plan today at iabide.org. I want to thank you so much for joining us here on VFN TV and the David Radio Program. Every single day we are on the air talking to the world and encouraging you by bringing the light, keeping the conversation light. And we also talk to you in many different ways as well. One way is at the VFN Torch. If you go to vfntv.com and click on the torch, our program that we have for years now with all these pertinent topics of the day plus things that you need to know is right there for you where you can go back and, and educate yourself on a particular matter. You can share things with a friend. You can listen to us and, and in addition in SoundCloud as well. You can share things audibly with other, other listeners out there and other viewers and friends. There's just so much available to you at vfntv.com. In addition, think about this. It's, we come to you in the air, broadcasting in the air, in your pocket, which is on mobile devices, and online. We're all over the world, and we want to be able to bring encouragement to you. And we do that one way with our app. You can go to uh, your app, Apple App Store. You can go to Google Play Store and, or your Windows Store and, and get your app and download it. The, the app is called VFN TV. Of course, you go to VFNTV.com. We have our little uh, area there. You can pick which app you want to be able to download. It's just so exciting to know that no matter where you are, we want to be able to encourage you. I don't know if you knew about this, but also you can sign up for our Torch newsletter. We have a gift for you for doing that. You just go to vfntv.com in the upper right-hand corner and fill out that little information and immediately a free gift will come to you. One of them is prudent preparation. Hopefully it's going to come to you and teach you how to probably prepare for the day, uh, what's happening in our culture today and how to think outside the box. And this is something we want to be able to give to you, plus some other gifts as well. And I also want to make sure that you have a chance to be able to become a VFN TV partner. We have a whole partners area just to say thank you. It's a it's special area, special events, green room, things we have available just to give our partners, just to be able to say thank you. Imagine anytime you can log into the partners area. Why? Because you partnered for any dollar figure at all to be able to, to, to just say thank you. Things you can share with your friends as well. Also, we have VFN Kingdom Business Partners, a whole nother area to be able to focus on the seven spheres of culture. Just very encouraging. And finally, I want to encourage you, maybe your business, maybe you want to become a business sponsor. 
Um, those are the ones that are standing with us, that want to keep the conversation light, that want to impact their community, but also want to be able to share their business, their service, what they provide for their community. You can do that by going to vfntv.com. Thank you so much and thanks for watching. Welcome, welcome back. I don't know what it is, you know, but it's almost like it's one of the surveys that was being done by a conservative Christian organization, and they found out that Christians would rather be um, called conservative rather than mm. be called Christians. Mm -hmm. And it's like a Christian is a Christian, you know. You're, you, we don't mind being called a Christian if we're ashamed of being called a Christian then you know, the Father will be ashamed of us. And so, um, that was a very interesting point you brought up. <laughs> what do you think about it? It's just yeah, right. how often <laughs> have, have we become more focused on our political affiliation or basically uh -huh. where we are horizontally as opposed right. to the fact that having a kingdom perspective, right. not so much horizontal but the vertical, regardless of how men see me in their eyes, how does the Father see me? Yeah, and he says, you know, that if we're ashamed of him, mm -hmm. he'll be ashamed of us. That's right. And so, if we don't want people to know we're a Christian, then we're saying, I'm kind of ashamed of the fact of being a Christian. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that have been done in the name of Christianity that can make you be ashamed mm -hmm. to be associated with people who are doing some bad things, mm -hmm. but it's, that's not what a Christian is. A Christian is actually somebody who follows Christ, yeah. who's a Christ follower. When you look at that too, we've talked about many times being a global Christian and, yeah. and not being so focused on the fact that I'm an American Christian. It's just like, no, I'm a yeah. Christian first regardless right. of where I am in the world, it just so happens to be that God chose me to be birthed in this nation. Right. So regardless of conservative or not, I'm a follower of Christ. And I'm very grateful for being born in America. Yes. God has been. So we, yeah. we're entrusted with this, the wealth of this nation, you know, we're doing as much as we can Faithful with what we story. have. And amaz it, would be, it would be powerful just to think about what, you know, if the church just wakes up in such mm -hmm. a way and begins to invest in the souls, I mean, America's done quite a bit, but we can do so much more. Our poorest person in America is richer than 70% of the world's population. Right. So I'm just getting into a, a particular country and a people and beginning to bless them in the name of Christ. Just powerful things like Samaritan's Purse and Operation Blessings and things that are going on like that. But listen, we're gonna go to this awesome series that was done by uh, Faith for the Nation, Kenneth Copeland Ministries, as we're addressing these key issues, as we're walking into a time of of voting, it's coming up, and you know you need to vote. I encourage you to vote. It's your duty to vote. It's your responsibility to vote. You know, as we talked about that, you know, the many soldiers that gave their life and their health for us to go out freely and just select a particular candidate that would lead our country. I mean, whoever leads our country, it's a choice that we make, and not voting is a choice. And we really are gonna, we're going to be answered to God mm -hmm. for not voting. If somebody told you, you know, you don't vote, it's like if there's a draft and there's a war going on. They take you and you have to fight for the country. Well, it's much easier to vote for the country than it is to fight for the country. You would know firsthand, right? Yeah. Yep. You know, and I appreciate your duty in Iraq and what you served us and with the other, other Marines mm -hmm. and soldiers as well. But uh, we owe it to the men and women who lay down their lives and their time and their resources to be able to, to give us the right to be able to vote. So let's go right now. This is, this is questions being asked here. How does your vote affect the moral issues of your society. Let's listen now. 
I recently was on a roundup in the, the Badlands of North Dakota, and we went out and, and drove the cattle out of the, the boonies and the brush stocks, got them up in Plateau, ran them across, about 1,600 in the herd, and so we got them in the pens and started treating them in the pens. And That's so, a job of work. Yeah. It's a job of work, brother, <laughs> and I, I loved it, man. I had a great horse. So we were treating them, and we had cowboys and cowgirls in there, and we had 580 calves that we treated. And you know, there was no trouble telling whether that calf was male or female. It was no trouble at all. That's a law of nature. You can tell. And now we've got 82 known identities in America. We've left the self-evident truths, and we're talking ourselves in all sorts of stupidity over here. Nature itself says there's two genders. The Bible four times says, and God made them male and female. And if you get in the platforms and see what they say about other genders, mm -hmm. Bible's real clear. There's only two genders. And there's now over 80 recognized genders? Are still, you kidding and me? And still going. And still going because it's whatever you perceive yourself to we be. Were, we you know, and it doesn't matter which gender you were. It used to be that you check between your legs to know your gender. Now you check between your ears to know your gender. And how, how strange is that? Mm -hmm. That between my ears is what tells me my, my gender. My spiritual father, Oral Roberts, told me this. I, I drove him... Uh, this was long after I had left ORU, but he came down, he, he came down, he was speaking in Dallas, and so he came and spent the night with Gore and me for a couple of nights, and, and I drove him back and forth. And this issue of, of uh, homosexuality was really, really hurting his heart. Man, he was... People are hurting under that, and he's trying to get them healed, and it, it mm -hmm. really bothered him. And uh, in our discussion of it, I, I've, 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 I think of this really, really often. He said, Kenneth, now listen to me now, God has never created anybody to be something he has already forbidden. That's right. Mm. That's right. Boy, that's it's simple that's good. and profound. That's right. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. on that basis is where we do everything we can possibly do mm -hmm. to get the truth of this to people because it'll destroy your life. The 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 homicide uh, rate is what? I've forgotten what. Twenty-seven, twenty-eight percent higher. It, it all kinds of things that's caused a new study just out. I mean, just out, matter of weeks, based on National Institute of Health stats, shows that those that are in a homosexual or lesbian lifestyle have much higher mental difficulties, much higher alcoholism, much higher smoking, much higher health difficulties. And, of course, it's made everybody mad, but these are the government statistics. This is not a right-wing group that put this together. Yeah, it's just there. It, it's just there. It's, it's another it self-evident it truth. It's, yeah. it's one of these things. You don't deny truth, but you're exactly right. Because God, and this goes back to the abortion thing, too. Mm -hmm. If you do it God's way, you will get God's blessing, period. Mm -hmm. That's just the way yeah. it works. So if we go from the premise that God says life in the womb is not to be destroyed, Life in the, you don't shed innocent blood, and that includes in the womb, you, that life would be fully developed. For over, 
almost 60 years now, we've been doing what's called embryonic stem cell research. Um, back in the time of Bill Clinton in, in the early 90s, uh, he called it fetal tissue research. And at that point, he announced to America how that we, through fetal tissue research, through killing a child in the womb, killing it while it's growing, we take that, we take that tissue from that, that murdered child and we're going to be able to cure cancer. We'll be able to cure uh, brain injuries, spinal cord injuries. We'll be able to cure all sorts of eye diseases. We'll be able to cure uh, um, um, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's. So 60 years into this now, California and other states passed uh, initiatives to put billions into that. 60 years in, we have zero medical cures for anything. Now, for less time than that, we've been working with what's called adult stem cell. And don't, mm -hmm. don't confuse the word adult. Adult stem cell is taken when a child is born out of the womb, when it's two seconds old, they'll take material from the placenta or from the umbilical cord outside the womb. That's adult stem cells. Well, that's an infant. Yeah, but it's adult stem cells. Mm -hmm. From that, we now have over 100 medical cures including all sorts of, of things for leukemia and cancer and eye cancer and, and macular degenerative disease. And they're now doing uh, the spinal reconnections where you're getting nerves back in, into people that are quadriplegics. It's coming back with adults. Well, isn't that amazing? If you don't kill a child, you don't get any, if you kill a child, you get no medical cures out of it. If you don't kill a child, you got over a hundred medical cures and they're still adding to it. Science, God's the one who invented science. He made everything. He knows how science works. And if you do science his way, you'll always get his result. And so whether it's homosexuality, you don't, I mean, God says sex is confined to a man and a woman in a lifelong union. So it doesn't matter whether it's homosexuality or adultery or, or premarital sex. It's all going to have problems with it. And right now, one in four kids in America who have engaged in premarital sex have a lifelong permanent sexually transmitted disease. And it's not AIDS. We have three others that are lifelong permanent sexually. So anytime you get outside of God's boundaries, you're not going to have good consequences. Mm. And that's, mm -hmm. that's why knowing God's Word, reading platforms, creating policy from local, county, state, and federal levels that reflect God's Word, you get God's blessings back. That's through health care, that's through economics, mm -hmm. that's through family, mm -hmm. that's through mental health, mm -hmm. that's through everything. And, and that's why, the, and I'm glad you said, hey, what does the Bible say about abortion? Well, here's exactly here's another scripture. They know. just text me one from the crew. Ecclesiastes 11.5, as you know not what is the way of the wind or how the spirit comes to the bones in the womb of a pregnant woman. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's another one. The, so what you're saying is where the abortion situation is concerned, that's like the kingpin. That's the kingpin. It is that's, the kingpin. That's the number one issue. That yeah. is, it's yeah. life. You get yeah. that it's wrong. Life. You get that wrong. You took a wrong turn and you're on the wrong road. You're headed the wrong way. And so, the, the founders of this nation yeah. understood that. And that's why it's a self-evident truth. Everybody's got the right to life. Mm -hmm. Here, yeah. Let, mm -hmm. let me add to that mm -hmm. self-evident truth because the founders said it's the laws of nature and nature's God. The laws of nature is God's source in the scriptures. The laws of nature, there's 10 million species in nature. There's not a single one that kills its young in the womb out of 10 million species. There's not, the law of nature is no abortions. And I don't care whether you believe in evolution or creation. I'm a creation guy. You can choose any way you want. There's nothing that kills young while it's still in the womb. Nothing in nature. 
So that violates the laws of nature and of nature's God. By the way, homosexuality does. Um, 10 million species in nature, there's less than half a dozen that have any instances of homosexuality, and it's never a lifestyle in any species out of 10 million. So we violate the laws of nature and of nature's God, but you're exactly right, Bishop. You're exactly right. The laws of nature and nature's wow. God. And you hear, I heard recently, you know, politicians running for office, and they would make that quote. And, uh, and they're really explaining it really well. Mm -hmm. It's very helpful. We're going to continue this um, program and talking about these specific things. It's so important because the vote is coming up, you know, uh, in the next couple of days. You need to decide, you know, who you're going to vote for, but, you, but the, you're going to vote. It's going to determine, you know, the platforms they're talking about for our nation and the blessing that we need. And, and we're going to make some related content to you on the VFN torch that kind of helps you see the agenda that's been going from, yeah. from day one. And it hasn't been in the dark. I mean, it's been, it's, it's been said from the very beginning. Uh, although things have changed, you know, we had the platform uh, meeting where they were talking at the Democratic National Convention, for example, uh, in 2012, yeah. was it? And they uh, were talking about, um, you know, removing, basically got out of the platforms that Jerusalem would be the capital of Israel. Of Israel. And when they put it back, the Democratic National Convention, not everybody there, but it was a very loud roar, boo, mm -hmm. that they actually put Jerusalem back as the capital. And so the agenda was, the platform was, to remove that. And so we can change the platforms by when you read the platforms and to say, I, I agree with this one or that one. And then you go vote for a candidate, for example, that stands for that platform. More we get back from the break, but first we have this offer for you. Did you know it's our partners that help us stay on the air? That's right. For your partnership for any amount, we have a special offer for you. Today's special offer is Offer 2016. It's about the second coming of our Lord, the secret power of lawlessness, and the man of lawlessness being held back to that proper time. Yep, there's nothing more exciting than to share about the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yet, it will come on the hills of the great lawlessness taking place on the earth and the man of lawlessness being loosed upon the face of the earth. In this message, you'll discover how, how so many of the signs are being quickly fulfilled that say the season of our Lord's coming is near, while being reminded that not even Jesus knows that time, only the Father knows that time. And you'll also finally understand the urgency of now, how important it is to be about the Father's business and letting everyone know about the love of God that so they could spend an eternity with Him. That's right, it's offer 2016. The title of this particular gift for you is The Second Coming of Our Lord, the secret power of lawlessness and the man of lawlessness being held back until the proper time. You can partner by going to vfntv.com and click on partner now and follow the prompts or you can write to us at vfntv 6500 North Pensacola Boulevard, Pensacola, Florida 32505 or you can even call. It's 844-408-3688 and that's offer 2016. Thank you for your partnership. TV, where we're keeping the conversation light. Follow us online at VFNTV.com. We'll be right back. Can religion be forced on members of the military? This is Law and Justice with Jay Sekulow. 
I'm an atheist. I'm also a Vietnam veteran. I received a Purple Heart in Vietnam. I do not think that I should be required to attest to the existence of a deity in order to reaffirm my loyalty to the United States. Well, first let me say we appreciate your service to the United States of America. And part of our freedoms in this country is the freedom to believe in your religious faith of your choice or to not believe in your religious faith at all. Uh, that's part of freedom. And no one's saying that there's a patriotic litmus test that you have to believe a certain way in order to be a patriot. In fact, in this great country of ours, you can believe in what you want to believe in or not believe in anything at all, and you still have the right to be protected under the Constitution. We support that. And again, as we said, uh, we appreciate your service to America and your valor and dedication to freedom, and that's what freedom really means. Find out more at ACLJ.org. That's ACLJ.org. Welcome to Minute with Maxwell. Uh, John Moreno from Miami, Florida, who is a coach and a speaker, uh, asked me to talk for a moment about responsibility. Leadership is all about responsibility. In fact, many times I ask people, why do you want to become a leader? It's interesting, the responses I get. People sometimes say, well, I want to become a leader because I like to be in control or I like to be up front or, hey, I want a good parking place or an end office. And they give all kind of what you would call perk reasons for becoming a leader. When you really think about it, leadership's not always a lot of fun. You've got to make decisions that are very difficult. Many times you're going to be misunderstood because you're out on the edge, you're out front, and you're going places where no one has ever gone, and you're asking them to make commitments and changes that they have never done before. And leadership is all about responsibility. In fact, I can remember when I was training several hundred leaders one time in the area of, of, of coaching and, and kind of mentoring and leading small groups, and I said to them, your life after I'm done training you will be forever changed because up until this moment you have gotten into groups and you've kind of just been assimilated in the group and now you're going to be a leader of a group and you're going to stand out and they're going to wait for you to lead. They're going to wait for you to come up with suggestions and set the environment. In other words, now the responsibility is on your shoulders to lead other people. So when a person becomes a leader, I think the first person perhaps they put upon themselves is the mantle of responsibility. Welcome back to VFN TV with your host, Greg Lancaster. Welcome back, welcome back. We're listening to Kenneth Copeland, Bishop Keith Butler, David Barton, all talking about, you know, how does our vote affect the moral issues of society? Mm -hmm. I think the, I think the biggest concern of, of every individual is well, how can I how can I say, you know, we don't need to be doing that when I myself needed forgiveness because my life I had a life of sin and that and and without God I couldn't even make it. The thing about it, it's everybody. Everybody has sinned. Everybody's fallen short. Nobody's any better than anybody else. But what makes us right is not our works. What makes us right is our faith in Jesus Christ. And it's very important because a lot of people are looking at folks and the enemy's telling them. Oh, you know, they're good people, perfect people, they don't make any mistakes, and oh, they're worried because they themselves have the Romans chapter 7 sin nature working inside of them, and things that they want to do, they don't do, and things they do, they hate, and you're having that inner battle, and he says, who's going to save me from this battle? And he says, praise be to Jesus Christ, who's, who does that? Because he didn't come in the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. And so, when we talk about a Christian, it doesn't mean you're perfect, it, it means, means you're, you're forgiven. forgiven. Praise God. And so 
And you have to communicate that because one of the rules for radical Saul Alinsky rules is, is trying to get people to live up to their 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 own laws. Yeah. And we cannot be saved by the law. There's not, I mean, the Ten Commandments, we need to honor them. We need to be our values. We need to try to live a life that, that lines up, them, up to them. But reality is, if we try to put our confidence in our own ability to obey them, our very own sin nature will end up in, 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 in crashes. Yeah. But when we put our confidence in God through Jesus Christ and abide with Him, somehow, miraculously, we start doing better in school. Sometimes we just start doing better mm -hmm. in life. We just kind of go further away from sin. But if we turn our back on God, then some reason we can't even hardly tie our shoes anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's just how much He loves us and forgives us. So this is about the best case scenario is God's case scenario over a nation. If we want to keep America, we have to realize that the platforms are determined by who who we actually choose to be in yeah. office. And so I know you were just you just read the platforms. You didn't know they were available, mm -hmm. correct? That was a huge learning point to me too, because when you say platforms, I didn't even know what that was. Right. But to know that you can actually go for, and we're going to have this all available for you on the torch. But learning that you can actually read line by line, you know what the beliefs are, what they stand for. Hey, th you know regarding this issue, we're for this. Regarding this issue, we mean that. And knowing every party, reading it right. and seeing, hey. This is what we believe in. And a lot of people don't even know it exists. Right. And you're actually signing that as a contract. When you vote mm -hmm. for this particular party and person that signs, lines up with that platform, you, because it's a government by the people and for the people, so you as the king, basically, of this issuing an edict over a nation, you're going, I agree with this platform. And when you start reading them like Bishop Butler was talking about, he could not believe how some were right in line with God's Word and others weren't in line right. with God's Word. So it's important. We're going to make that available on the VFN Torch for you. But let's go right back. This is Kenneth Copeland, Bishop Keith Butler, David Barton. And just, you know, how does your vote affect the moral issues? A lot of people complain about what's happening, bakers and different things mm -hmm. happen. But the reality is if you change, if we change our hearts and change leadership, it'll change the direction of our nation. Let's go there now. See, it brings us, though, to where we are in America today and its potential future. Now, I'm in total agreement with Brother Copeland about this is God's nation. Yep. And the end result of this thing is going to be God's going to do mm -hmm. what he says he's going to do. What happens in the interim, mm -hmm. okay, between uh, what's happened to, up to this point and what happens in the future will depend mm -hmm. on, A, voting, because voting, uh, that seed will produce leadership that produces yeah. what these platforms are, yeah. Uh, and the end result, either more and more sin, yeah. or you go to righteousness. As a yeah. man sows, so he also reap. Yeah. Tells us what? Tells us that the wages of sin is death. Of course, we know in all the ramifications of death. And so, you know, the Lord spoke to me about, oh, I guess almost two years ago, he said judgment was coming to the nation. Well, as I began to look in the scripture, see what judgment actually is, because a lot of times when people say judgment, they just think of, you know, maybe a foreign power is going to overrun you or, you know, something is going to happen. They think of judgment just in the, nat in the, in the natural and the negative light. Judgment is also positive. Uh, judgment is only simply the result of what God said would happen if you did certain things. Mm -hmm. And so if you sow to righteousness, then you reap prosperity, you reap uh, all of the protections. Seek you reap the first kingdom of God. Everything. Yeah. Uh, if you sow the other way and you look in the scripture, God deals with us as individuals, yeah. as families, yep. as nations. 
You see all of that in scripture. And so you get at whatever level those things that you do. So you, we were talking about, you, if you're, as an individual, can practice doing the word and in the midst of the nation that decide to go opposite to the word can have all the catastrophic results hmm. of not following God, but you personally be blessed and the other way around. Okay, so this choice that's before you in the next two weeks, people watching this, this choice will determine uh, what happens to the nation next four years. When she goes right, she goes wrong. When she goes more deeper into sin, when she makes the turn and starts heading towards righteousness, yeah. even though both candidates, they may not be what we think. Okay, But God's got something he wants done. That's why it is incumbent upon you. You must cast your seed you must get before God, let him tell you who you're supposed to support. You yeah. must do your homework and find out what it is you're supporting uh, because what's going to happen in the next several years is going to be dependent upon this election. Every election has consequences. This guy's a historian, and you can go through, I'm sure you could tell me, no question. You can look at history and see where the decisions were made at the top, who was elected, and what followed. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now God may eventually got them back up to, mm -hmm. you know. But it took longer, and it's it a lot longer. Grief whatever. That didn't need to happen. But, but but there were consequences, good or bad, to every election. Thank God for Abraham Lincoln. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm, yeah. He was a consequence of people like you talked about with John Quincy Adams, mm -hmm. the abolitionists and and the others who decided to do righteously, even though they were the minority, and it brought about Lincoln. So also, what was it? 500,000 dead? 700,000. 750,000. Okay. That wound up almost every family in America got, got touched over. See, so all, yeah. all of that uh, is involved. You can also look at the times of great prosperity in America. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you can also see that same stream. So uh, when the Lord said that to me, you know, at first I was like, you know, I was looking at, was Iran going to tax us or, 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 or the Soviet Union or, or Russia? Mm -hmm. or, or whatever, but the Lord really straight up my understanding about it and that it's all come back again to seed time. I, I'm, I know I sound like I'm uh, redundant with this, but it is the law as long as the earth remains. Uh, Jesus said the whole kingdom of God yeah. is as if a man plants a seed in the ground. Mark 4. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's it. That's it. They, his disciples came to him and said, increase our faith. And in the 17th chapter of Luke, he said, if you had faith as a grain, uh, as a seed, mustard seed, yeah. you'd say, you'd sow it, you plant it. What if you, if you put it to work, it'll grow. If you sow it like a seed, it'll grow. If you want love, plant love. If, if, if you want money, plant money. It, it, it all comes back to the law, do unto others as you would have others do unto you. Because what you're doing to others is what they're doing to you. What you're sowing is what you're reaping. They get the idea that you can sow one thing and get another and just keep doing it because one of these days it's going to work out. Mm. It don't work. Mm. That's insanity. And socialism has never worked. Communism has never worked. Never will. 
Look at Venezuela right now. Look at look at all the rest, the rest of the whole earth. It doesn't work. Can't show one example where it's ever Not worked. one. And the purest example of all, if it was ever going to work, it would have worked in Russia because it's the only pure communism nation That's right. ever. And it only lasted 75 years. Mark chapter 4, Jesus said, because you're talking about the parable of the sower. He said in verse 13, if you don't know this parable, how then will you know any of the rest you of it? You can't figure out the rest in of it. In other words, this one is the base of everything else that he taught. Seed, time, That's and it. harvest, so and so is the word. Praise and of the four that planted, three of them Satan picked off. Mm -hmm. Only one of them was good ground. Yep, 75% of them. Okay, but, but what came of it? 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold, mm -hmm. good, good ground. So what I hear you saying about the vote is that it has a, a vital impact not only on the nation, and we'll get into the power of one vote here in a bit, but the, the power of going into the voting booth is the seed that we sow not only for the nation but for our own lives yeah. personally. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. How we are going to function, how we will function over the next four years. From you as an individual, all the way to what happens to a nation, and there are nations that affect all of the world for history's sake. This is serious business. It is, it well, is. You mentioned that it happened over the next four years. Let me introduce a concept of a president that's a little different than what most people think. Okay. And it goes back to the platform. Because yeah. this platform lays out legislative agendas, both of these platforms say, here's what we want Congress to do. You need to think of the president as the gatekeeper to legislation mm. because legislation is not going to get passed without that gatekeeper. That's right. So what you need to say is, okay, which of these agendas do I want to see move forward legislatively? Well, here's a person who's going to slam the door on every piece of legislation I want to move forward. I may not like that person, may not agree with them, may not think their values are right, but if they're of the other party, they're going to slam the door on every piece of legislation mm. or I've got one here that may not like the values, may not think the morals are right, but at least we'll let that legislation go through the front door and get out to the people. And so if you look at the president as a gatekeeper for legislation as opposed to what the president... Look, in, in politics today, the president is like the, the rooster. He crows every morning so the sun will come up, you know. And he's, he, the, the president takes credit for everything. And sure. that's not true. He doesn't do that much. The legislation is what makes a big difference. And that's the gatekeeper on legislation. So also vote on the president thinking, okay, which of these two agendas do I want to see move forward and which one do I want to see stopped? And if you vote the president on that basis as a gatekeeper to let that legislation move through or kill it, yeah. that's a simple way to see what the president's really that's supposed to good, do. Dude. You know, and uh, when I, uh, I've also served on a platform committee, uh, right, not this year's, but uh, decades past I have. And... You know, I started out as a precinct delegate. I got uh, five votes, okay, in the, the political precinct. <laughs> My opponent got three, and I got elected. Numbers is all, what it's all about. Yeah. And, uh, five will be three every, every time. time. Except, yeah. in, and except became, in Common Core math. They won't do it then, but other than that. Yeah. <laughs> we ain't going to talk about Common Core right now. But, but uh, that, 
uh, a delegate wound up, you know, going to the county convention, and then, and then one day I, you know, got selected two people out of every state to at least back when I was. Uh, Still is uh, on the Republican side, not on the Democrat side, on the Republican okay, side. Okay, on, on the side that I was on at the time, and uh, then wound up on the national platform committee. Uh, well, you, you say, well, what about how? How do you get here? You have to be involved one way or the other. Mm -hmm. you, you have to get involved in it. Uh, uh, in the political battles that are out here, if for no other reason than for your children. That's right. And your grandchildren. That's right. Okay, and it could be as very simple as being a precinct delegate that uh, at least cast a vote in a, in a convention yeah. for somebody to yeah. one day go and become <laughs> on the uh, national platform committees, okay? Uh, Everyone is responsible for doing something in this republic. Yep. Everyone is. Mm -hmm. uh, it is your responsibility, especially one, that this nation was founded by people who wanted God to yeah. rule. And now, you're even voting for where your grade school student goes to the bathroom. Yep. I mean, come yeah, on, man. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 this, this, well, who could be in the bathroom? Who can yeah, be who in can, the bathroom? Who can, yeah. And in public. Well, that's easy. We're only going to have one bathroom, one locker room. Everybody's going to be in it. Everybody's going to be in it. That's the current I mean, policy. That, that's but, the mandate. Yeah, but this, this, is, a that's this wrong. is dangerous. That's, that's right. This is, this is yeah. not just spiritually dangerous. This, this is dangerous, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's stupid dangerous. Mm -hmm. Come on. But that, that, I mean, when you deteriorate far enough into the abyss, you swear you'd never get there, but you let the devil in the back seat, it ain't going to be long he's going to be driving. Mm -hmm. So, and that, that's where we are right now. And it, it's taking a while for mm. people, particularly my age, to even realize that this is even a possibility. But you have to stop and think it all the way through. I got to do something about this. That is something. If you let the devil in the back seat, it won't be long before, before he'll be driving. driving. And we're, we're finding that out in America for sure. Yeah. Hey, listen, we're going to go to this break. And this is important. This, uh, this is a uh, free gift being offered even by Kent Copeland Ministries. Yes. And to, uh, to get this to educate your folks and to be able to help them understand some of the things that are being talk about, talked about, and we'll be mm -hmm. right back. This is VFN TV, where we're keeping the conversation light. Follow us online at VFNTV.com. We'll be right back. The devil's time is running out, and he is doing his best to steal, kill, and destroy as much as possible. People can sense that they're being threatened and wounded and even born-again believers are fighting over things like government policy, race, and religion. But it's time for a change. It's time for an awakening to God in America. The Faith for Our Nation package offers timely instruction on how to identify and go after what is behind the strife and division. Included is Racism in the Church, Kill the Root, Destroy the Tree, a brand new book by Kenneth Copeland that targets racism, the spirit of division, in a realistic way and gives you an action plan that comes straight from the Word of God. And one word from God can change your nation. Gain insight on how to pray effectively for your nation. Real unity is only possible through God's love. This is your neighborhood, your nation, 
your world, and we as believers have been equipped with the spiritual power to rise up on behalf of others. Take a stand. Order the Faith for Our Nation package today. We are one nation under God that trusts in God. Request your Faith for Our Nation package free from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Call 800-600-7395 or visit our website, kcm.org slash tvspecial. It's time to stand up for God and be part of His answer to restore peace and unity in our great nation. Request your free Faith for Our Nation package today. Offer good for 60 days. Request yours today. Welcome, welcome back. You know, I think as I was saying earlier, I think when you think about what happened with Jesus, when they called him good teacher, they're trying to get his attention, they called him good teacher. And of all the things the Son of God could say was, who are you calling good? Mm -hmm. The only one that's good is God. And that's a very powerful thing because once you realize that any good that we do is God enabling us to do it. I mean, if God just let us go, as what happened before the days of Noah, it doesn't turn out well. Mm -hmm. But when we put God in the center of our life and and spend time with God and make Him the Lord of our life and abide with Him, He enables us to be able to do better than we've done and and do good. But Jesus said, who are you calling good? The only one as good as God. He's the Son of God operating as all man and choosing not to operate in His Godhead. And... um, and so sometimes the biggest issue people have about standing up for what's right, I mean, you have the people that are just critical and mean mm-hmm. and just say whatever when you're going like, you're doing the same thing. You're saying. Anyway, but is they feel like, who am I to say something? And we're supposed to say it in love. We should say it in love and kindness. You know, we talked about, you know, where morality, you know, meets, meets the law mm-hmm. and how all we can say is, you know, it just, it's, it's not good for our country to go this way. It's not good for your family to go that way but we're dependent on God to enable us to walk that way. And it's not about an individual being able to accomplish some great godly life. It's God with you enabling you to, um, to walk out a, a righteous life or a more righteous life than you had. And, and a lot of people call their life righteousness, but what it is, they just don't like that one sin. Mm. You know? And so they stand politically and go, yeah, that's terrible. But they have no problem with pride. They have no problem with greed. Trying to categorize have, the yeah. sin. And, and, and really the, the, the only sin that keeps us out of heaven is the unforgiven sin. Mm-hmm. The sin that we don't seek the Lord and, and make Jesus Lord of our life and then ask Him to forgive us. Because all the sin of the world was taken upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody who calls on His name and, and says, you know, God, I want you to, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. Would you forgive me for my sins? It's forgiven. And so we are them outside of him. So we can't be critical, but we had to say, if we want to have a nation, if we want it to survive, we've got to go back to his original tent and it's one nation under God, indivisible with liberty for all. How do we walk that out in this season? God can enable us to do what we think is impossible, mm-hmm. but with God, all things are possible. Be sure to vote and uh, get educated, but vote. But you can go to vfntv.com forward slash vote to find out how candidates stand on certain values and issues. I wanna pray, let's pray right now. Father God, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for for forgiving us of our sin. We thank you, Lord God, for leading us, God. We thank you, Lord, that those that are even listening right now, that they can call out to you, Lord God, and they can ask for forgiveness and you would forgive them 
of their sin, Lord God. That, that's a beautiful thing. Lord, help us to communicate with others, not from a spirit of self-righteousness, but how to, how to operate in this season, this nation, this kingdom that we're walking in even now, Father God, that you would just, your kingdom would come, your will will be done in America, Father God. Lord, we ask you, Lord, that you would end abortion, send revival, send a third great awakening, we pray. In Jesus' name, God bless. We want to give a special thanks to all of our sponsors and partners. Visit VFNTV.com and visit our sponsors for all of their contact information, phone numbers, web addresses, emails. Call them today. I'm your host, Greg Lancaster, and we're so glad that you joined us. Don't forget you can join us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Download our app and sign up for our newsletter, The Torch, at VFNTV.com. I've enjoyed our time together. God bless. You know, there's something about when you first get saved that the first thing that most people think about is like, there's nobody. There's nobody like me. Mm. And you're very thankful. You're grateful that God has forgiven you, but you're not sharing with anybody because you look at everybody else and you think, well, obviously all these folks are walking on water. Yeah, right. I mean, they talk about these like these books. They got the books memorized, you know, they got like this book of uh, Malachi and, you know, Matthew <laughs> and uh, Jonathan, you know, <laughs> you know whatever they are. <laughs> and so, you know, they're just like, oh my goodness. And the greatest thing that, that we can do for each other is to tell them our story. That's right. To let them know, you know, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. People get hope when they find out you needed Jesus too. That's right. They get hope when they find out you're a sinner too, saved by grace, that, that God reached down in the depths of hell mm-hmm. and darkness and, 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 and just great calamity and all your attempts to, to find yourself. And he introduced his father through himself to you when you got saved. Mm-hmm. sharing your story. Everybody's got a story. That's right. And we share a few of them. We share a few of them with you at meetmyfather.org. Well, listen, the whole purpose of Jesus' ministry was to make the Father known. That's our purpose. And our ministry is to make the Father known to you through his son, Jesus Christ. Listen, get to know God through his awesome, awesome son, Jesus Christ. Go to meetmyfather.org. You've got to meet my father. Meetmyfather.org. You've got to meet him.